Nope. That's all you get. You get two, no more. Uh, we're going through Ephesians still. We're uh, in chapter four. If you'd like to turn there, please do. If you don't have a Bible, the blue and white ones, it's page uh, 635. Um, but as you are turning there, uh, what is the article? And you can say it out loud, okay? We're going to have like a little interaction right here. Don't be scared. Uh, what is the article of clothing that when you, when, you, when you get a new piece of that article of clothing, you just feel like you're somebody? Does that make sense? Does anyone have one of those? Like when you get, it's a shirt for you maybe. Like when you get a shirt, you just feel like you're a little better. Pants, anything? Give me something. What did someone say? Shoes. Okay, good. We have one participant interaction. What is it? No idea. <laughs> Accoutrement. Again. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Like a brooch. I know them as brooches. When you get, for me, and maybe it's socks. Do you guys feel that? Like when you get a new pair of socks? No. Okay. For me, yeah, they don't show. For me, it's socks. I get a new, I remember as a kid getting the six-pack of white socks. Actually, they bought me gray socks because you could never keep white socks white. And so I always had gray socks as a kid. But I'm reading the six or the 12-pack, and for six or 12 days, was like, I got new socks. I, got, I didn't say that to people because it sounds silly. But the feeling that I had, like I'm having a rough day. I got new socks, though. The day is just a little bit different. It's going my direction. Anyway, we all have those things that we, we put something on. And it's, I think mean, clothing is a simple idea. But the larger, like when you get a newer car, when you buy a newer house, when you redecorate something, uh, you get a new bike, you just feel like, oh, this is new. And you put that thing on, and you use it, and you just have this feeling like things are a little better. And we all understand how superficial that is. Except socks. That is a significant new thing, and it will change your life, okay? Um, in this passage in Ephesians, we're going to look at how Paul talks about, in the Christian life, uh, the put on and put off. So let me read this. This is Ephesians 4, beginning of verse 17, and I'll read through verse uh, 24. <clears throat> and now this I say to you, and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness 
and holiness. As we've gone through Ephesians, my hope is that as we've gone through Ephesians and every single Sunday I give a little brief reminder of where we've been that when we're done with this book that you can remember a little bit of the first three uh, chapters of this book are all about what God has done for you. There's no command in this. The closest there is, is to a command in the first three chapters is the word remember. And then we get to chapter 4, and Paul gives, now what do you do with all this? What do you do with this gospel that's explained in the first chapters, in the first three chapters? And then here in chapter 4, 5, and 6, there's application. Well, this is what you do. Uh, Understanding the gospel will allow you to put off and put on. And he's talking to predominantly uh, Gentile Christians. Who, who are not relying on their heritage of we are the people of God, but they're seeing that they're adopted into the family of God. As we think about heritage, the only heritage that has any value uh, is the one really that you are adopted into. And that is this heritage. That you are adopted into the family of God. You don't earn your way into it. You are adopted into it. We all enter the same way. Whether you are rich or poor, classy or crude, privileged or underprivileged, advanced or primitive, uh, you are embraced into the family of God because of the full and perfect work of Jesus. And you're made a child of the King. This is what the first three chapters are about. And now as Paul is moving from this foundation and he's saying, because of this foundation, now let's talk about like what that really means and the reality of your life. And so he begins with who you were. And he says in verse 17, now this I say and testify in the Lord. Paul is reinforcing. He's like, I'm telling you and I testify in the Lord that this is true. It's almost like your mom telling you something and then your dad telling you something and you think, well, I guess that's true. I guess that's what I need to do. And he's saying, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of your minds. No longer walk because you have been changed. This is who you were. This is who the Gentiles were. This is who you and I were. You were, in the futility of your mind, you were in darkness and understanding. You were alienated from the life of God, ignorant, hardened in heart, callous, given to sensuality, greedy for impurity. This disposition makes us unacceptable to God apart from Christ. This Really, this list, you could just sum it up in the hardness of heart and the futility of your mind. This is how we lived as people outside of the grace and mercy of Jesus. And what his command here is, you must no longer. So he's telling them, uh, this is who you were and you must no longer walk like this, live like this, because this is not who you are anymore. You have 
joy and peace of conscience. You need to know and believe that you have been changed. And the must in here that you must no longer. The must is not a call to be better, to be loved. The must is you have been transformed. You are a changed person. You must act differently to be true to who you are in Christ. It talks about your mind in here, the futility of your mind. How are your thoughts? How do you think of yourself? When you uh, fall into sin, what are the thoughts in your mind that you fall into and slide into? That, that, is, that is you really taking steps away from uh, the gospel that you've, made in, you've been made into a new creation. You maybe hammer on yourself, you're hard on yourself, you shame yourself, you, you hide things. Instead of understanding that you are a new creation which means your mind is being renewed and you're understanding what it means to uh, think the thoughts of God. Paul here addresses your mind in the battle to believe what is true. Uh, coming to Christ and repenting of sin and believing in Jesus is uh, not just a feeling you had at one time. Uh, sometimes when people have that and maybe this is you, you look back and you just long because you wish you had that feeling again because you think, then I would act differently. If I could just have that feeling again, I'd, re I'd really be a different person. Instead of understanding at that moment, God blessed you with that feeling. But now how is your heart and your mind, how are they being transformed to love the truth that you have been changed? Matthew 22, verse 37, he says, it says, And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We don't check our mind at the door. We don't think because we're Christians. We just don't think. Um, God has given us a wonderful ability to think and process through things. But I, I do hope you see the contrast between uh, the new man in this and the old man. The old man lived under the power of darkness, the new and the power of light, the old, the power of ignorance, the new, the power of truth, the old, the hardness of heart, the new, the humble in heart, the old ruled by your passions, and the new renewed in the whole person. Apart from the work of Christ, you were destined for futility. but you must no longer walk as Gentiles walk, because, not because, well, Gentiles did bad things, and let's not do bad things. Don't walk as Gentiles walk, because that is not who you are. It's not who you are. You are no longer a Gentile. You are no longer someone who is... Um, saturated with the own passions in your heart and you're driven to do whatever you want. Your heart has been transformed. 
But it's hard when that is what we're used to. And it's a new muscle to stretch. Uh, but the life, that life of being saturated in that is futile. It's like standing, it's like being in the desert and you see a car coming and you know that the road that they're on is a dead-end road because you've just driven to the end and you wave them down and you say, that doesn't go anywhere. It's futile for you to continue to spend time on this. It doesn't go anywhere. It's the futility of our mind. It's just a dead end. It doesn't lead to anywhere. And we see this, hopefully you see this in people, in, um, when people have sometimes great wealth, and they'll be honest and say, really doesn't get anything. Really doesn't help. It gives opportunity, but doesn't really make anyone a better person. Whatever awards you win, doesn't make you a better person, but we so are so passionate about those things. Many of them are futile. Verse 20 begins to talk about now who you are. So the first uh, verses 17 through 19 were about who you were, and now beginning verse 20, this is who you are. And he starts this with, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Which is a really interesting phrase. It's not the way you learned Christ. It doesn't say it's not the way that you were taught about Christ. It's not the way that you gained knowledge about Christ or that you learned from Christ. That is not the way you learned Christ. Because the information, the knowledge of Christ's life is personal, and it applies to your life. And in learning Christ, you as a community, you were taught to put off your old self, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self. This is what you were taught in Christ. This is first three chapters. Now it's, what do we do? We put off and we put on. We, we put off the things that we pursued that were unhealthy and destructive, but not just outwardly. We begin to put off that desire and passion and motivation because we realize it is unhealthy and destructive. And so Paul is not saying, he's not just saying stop doing those things. He's saying uh, your actions come from somewhere. There's a passion inside of you, and you need to put off that passion. You need to, we need to have right passions, and we need to put on the new self. Uh, just like if, if you become a captain in the Air Force, you, you put on something new. You are a captain. And then how do you live like a captain? John Owen says, grace in the heart must have exercise. Uh, this is, the first, again, the first three chapters. Um, understanding the grace in Jesus, what does the exercise of living that out actually look like and feel like? 
Exercise is hard. I don't do it. I've heard of people doing it. My wife does it, and I don't want to do that. Um, it's, uh, it's hard and strenuous, and it hurts, and you're sore, and it's not always what you want to do. But it's healthy for your body. It's healthy for your mind. It's healthy for your heart. But it takes some effort. Right thoughts, right attitudes, right actions are based on spiritual truths. Um, again, this is what uh, God does is he transforms us from the inside. And so the transformation now will be seen outside. Uh, it's not the other way where we, we want to be transformed outside and then eventually we're going to get to the inside. But what God does is he transforms you inside. And you put off the old self, and you put on the new self. And the whole time you're doing this, you are already a transformed person. This is just living out of the truth that's happened within you. The exercise of grace is believing the truth from your heart. And then in your mind, in your thoughts, and then it happens in your actions. The exercise of grace is stretching this new muscle, developing actions and reactions that are consistent with the new creation that you are. Uh, when prisoners are let out of prison, uh, there is a tremendous struggle to uh, fit into society. And I read this statistics, this statistic. Um, within three years of, if, of a release of a prisoner, 67% of ex-offenders are rearrested. Within three years. Over 75% are rearrested after five years. Now, that situation is much more complicated. But it, it's the simple idea of if this is your old self, and this is really who you believe you are, even when you're let out of it and you're given some freedom, you still believe that's who I am and I know how to live life. When God transforms a person, we need to be able to recognize this was the old life. These are the passions that I pursued. These are the thoughts I had. And this is where the thought came from. Because this is what I valued. Being a new creation, it changes what you value. Changes what you think. Your passions are changed. And this sounds like a lot of our struggles of, as Christians. Jesus has paid your debt. And now you are made into a new creation. Well, what do we do? We just go back because somewhere, somehow, we think that is somehow safer. It makes more sense. It's more pleasurable. And so that's how we're going to live. When we sin, we're not just doing actions that are bad. Uh, we're denying the truth. What we're saying is, I'm really not a new creation. 
The truth is, if you are in Christ, if you have faith in Christ and his work of his perfect life, atoning death, and resurrection on your behalf, and you repent of your sin, you are a new creation. And your life is to be putting off the old self and putting on the new self. And as we're doing this, our minds are renewed. So how do we do this? What is it? Well, it takes understanding what is the truth of God. Uh, So it takes God's word. It takes God's spirit. When you're convicted of a sin, uh, that you and I uh, repent of that sin. And it takes one another. It takes the community, the body of Christ. I'm really convinced this is the biggest struggle as Christians try to walk in faithfulness. As much as we fill our life with, and I mentioned this last week, um, of like the new you know, read a Bible in a year program or the new devotional program that will change your life or um, if you go to this seminar, it's going to be life-changing, which they might, and they might change your life, but we don't need more of those. We need to understand the first three chapters of Ephesians. And then we need to begin to walk in chapter 4 and 5 and 6 and think, okay, How does this truth that I'm a new creation, that God has adopted me, that I am cleansed, that I am his, that he knew me before the foundation of the world, that what does that do for me now? How does that uh, transform the way I think, the things I pursue? Uh, If you look at your Bibles, um, and if you have two eyes, I think you can do this. Put one eye on verse 22. And the other eye on verse 24, and you'll see the parallel in them that they're opposite. So verse 22 says, uh, put off your old self. Verse 24 says, put on your new self. Verse 22 uh, corresponds to your old self. Verse 24 corresponds to your new self. Verse 22, uh, you, are decrupt, you are corrupt through deceitful desires. Verse 24, you are created in righteousness and holiness. Verse 22, you are, it is based on deceit. Verse 24, it is based on truth. And I can see all the people who did separate their eyeballs during that. We as a people, uh, we're called to believe what is true. And this is where Paul, I think, gets this must. You must do this. Because the Christian life is not just uh, making your sin more manageable. You and I must believe that Jesus rose again for us. Uh, Tonight, the sun will set. Tomorrow, the sun will rise. And it just keeps doing that. I, I think we have more faith in that 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 is true, and we set everything we do by it. Well, it's nighttime. I'm not going to go for a hike, or it's during the day. It's really hot. What does this truth do for you? That you are made into a new creation. Put off your old self. Put on what is new and glorious and beautiful. Uh, 
put on Christ and be clothed with his righteousness and grace. Live like a child of the king, that you are his. And so when you realize the things that you need to put off, uh, you're not separated from the king as you do that. He is there with you. And he's initiating that, saying, yeah, you need to, you need to put that off because that's not really who you are. You're trying to live a whole different way from, from who, you have made, who you've been made to be as a new creation and a child of God and a child of the king. And then we can put on Humility, we can put on love, we can put on grace, we can put on truth and peace and joy and patience because we've been transformed as people. We're called to live like a child of the king because that's who you are in Christ. And a part of this is when we come to the table of communion. We come and, and celebrate that we're part of the family. And we can look around and, and see that those who have faith, we're believing the same thing. And we're struggling in our life, all of us, to put off and to put on and to have our minds renewed, to believe what is true. And so this morning, we have great joy as we come to this table and we are reminded of what is true, that we're made into a new creation that we are nourished by Jesus. Won't you bow your heads and we'll pray as we come to this table this morning. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the abundant grace that you have for us in Jesus. And we pray simply as we come to this table, that you would convict us in our spirit of sins that we need to repent of. And we also ask that you would convince us that Jesus is enough, that your grace covers us, and we are your children. We pray this in the great and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.